The Truth Express with your conductor, Erskine, who give you the latest on national news, politics, policies, business, and government issues. Welcome to The Truth Express with your host, Erskine. Tonight, today, whenever you're listening, Lowell Ponte, he's a man for all reasons. He's a veteran think tank futurist. He did war games. He did planning on what's going on. He is the person who was paid to look into the future. Uh, he was roving editor of Reader's Digest 15 years. Did investigative reporting in 33 countries. He hosted talk radio programs, syndicated over 300 stations. A dean of distance learning university. Author of The Cooling. We've seen the future. It looks like Baltimore. And Money, Morality, and the Machine. All, all of these books are impressed. All of them are unbelievable. Look at this. The cooling. Global warming. The big deal. Seeing the future, it looks like Baltimore. It's all over the country now. And money, morality, and the machine. That's what we're going to talk about right now. Topics that include uh, Trump exposing the leftist plan to cancel the right. Inflation. Future of our economy. He explains what's behind the current conditions. It's supernatural. World uh, WMD, uh, ND.com. It's all up at the uh, Truth Express Radio. Lol, the economy is scary to a lot of people. They're going to the grocery store. They're watching prices. Uh, they're saying uh, bacon's up 18%. It's a little bit higher. It's really tough to bring home the bacon today for a lot of people. They've, people are buying cheaper cuts of meat and everything else if they even can find it. You've got the same situation with gasoline prices. They're up more than twice as much, sometimes three times as much as it was last year. Uh, wages are not keeping up with it. This is just a, a disaster for the country, and people are going to bet, vote their pocketbook. What can be done? What is happening, and how bad can it get? That's the question. It's very simple for you. Well, I mean, I did write or co-write well, with Craig Smith a book called The Inflation Deception. Right. 200 pages of analysis on just how deceptive inflation can be. First, you have to realize we are living in an an inflatocracy. It is not a democracy. It is a government run largely by inflation. And in fact, that's not unusual. As Nobel laureate economist Friedrich Hayek once put it, with the exception of 100 or so years of the American gold standard, when it stopped briefly, uh, history itself is largely a history of inflation. Usually inflation's engineered by governments for the gain of governments. And that's the first thing people need to understand about inflation. If you look, for example, at, uh, at the Austrian economist Ludwig von Mises, he put it very simply, inflation is not an act of God said von Mises, it's not a catastrophe of the elements or a disease that comes like the plague. Inflation, he said, is a policy. It is deliberate. It is created by government for the benefit of government. Uh, And until you realize that, you understand nothing. You also have to understand just how insanely you're being lied to every day by people who claim that they want to silence those who engage in disinformation or misinformation. For example, Joe Biden has blamed everyone in the universe except himself for the current devastating inflation. Right. He's blamed Donald Trump. 
He has blamed Vladimir Putin. He has blamed the greed of the oil companies. He has blamed the greed of the food companies, and on and on and on. It's always somebody else's fault, but in fact, it's entirely the responsibility of those like Biden in government, those Democrats on the left, who have, and by the way, remember, the Democratic Party has been hijacked. This is no longer the Democratic Party of your grandfather or great-grandfather. This is now an outright party of socialists and Marxists. And what they are engaged in is a deliberate return uh, and magnification of inflammatory policy. They use it quite deliberately. Inflation is a hidden form of taxation. Right. That's what it is. Right. It is being used to destroy American independence and to make driving non-electric vehicles beyond the reach of most Americans. For example, the price of fuel oil is up by at least 71.5%. Right. Even in the least extreme parts of the country. So welcome to the brave new world of what neo-Marxists call modern monetary theory. We're no longer living under capitalism, according to them. The essence of modern monetary theory, advanced by the likes of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and others, is that the government can operate entirely merely by its exclusive power to print paper money. Right. It wants paper money or it wants money, it just prints it. And that, of course, has a devastating effect on you and me, because we are downstream from that money. They print it, they spend it while it still has value, and then they pass it on to us, and what it's doing is utterly destroying your life savings. It is utterly destroying your wages. Uh, it, it, this, is, this is the essence of inflation. And there is a long historic pattern as to what happens. Government then blames everyone else. Government then, and this goes back to Diocletian and the Roman Empire and many others, <coughs> as inflation happens, they will impose wage and price controls of one kind or another. And as a result, the things that used to be available to you at the market uh, suddenly are no longer available because it's simply not in anybody's interest to produce it for the value that exists. Right. Uh, Biden, for example, has been gross, has been destroying America's energy independence, cutting off our uh, Canadian pipeline cutting off American oil exploration and development, cutting off American drilling on government lands, and and doing a hundred other things designed to make it impossible to produce energy at a reasonable cost. And then they, of course, blame the energy producers for not producing. How dare you do that? But it's just not cost-effective to do so. Uh, Understand... These politicians have no limitation in their heads at all as to their own power. They believe that they can pass a law to do anything. As we've discussed before, the politicians really in their hearts believe that if they wanted, they could pass a law repealing the law of gravity. Right. right. Now, now I wish they could. I mean, I could stop dieting if they repeal the law of gravity. But the reality is they can't. And likewise, they can't repeal other natural laws like the law of supply and demand. You know, if they give you twice as many paper dollars and say, well, go down to the supermarket and buy yourself some cantaloupe, well, that's fine, except if you have twice as many dollars, it will almost instantly turn out that the cantaloupe now suddenly costs 
twice as much to buy. Because after all, it costs twice as much, or it costs that much to produce. You can't just make that go away. And Joe Biden turning to Saudi Arabia, you understand that the U.S. dollar uh, ceased to be based on a gold standard in 1971 when Richard Nixon hacked off the last anchor to gold, which was the anchor of the euro dollar. That is, European nations were told, if you want to bring your central bank's euro dollars and exchange them for gold, we will still let you do it. And then France one day said, well, we're just about to come with a whole big stack of euro dollars and clean out Fort Knox, because we have enough to do that. And lo and behold, Richard Nixon's reaction to that is rather than lose the last of America's gold reserves, he would simply no longer exchange them for dollars. The problem is the dollar fell by a third of its value almost immediately when he announced that. And under those circumstances, Nixon cast about and came upon Saudi Arabia, our longtime ally, because at least we were a godly country, unlike the godless Soviet Union. And Nixon said to Saudi Arabia, in exchange for our being willing to pour out American blood to protect the government of Saudi Arabia, we would like to be able to have you guarantee, as you've done in the past, that you will accept only U.S. dollars in exchange for your oil. And Saudi Arabia said, fine. And almost like that, the dollar went from a gold standard that it had been secured by to an oil standard because people had to have U.S. dollars to buy Saudi Arabian money. By the way, for those who wonder, what does it mean to live under modern monetary theory, you have to understand the con game that government plays. I mean, you and I, we would look at dollars. We would say, well, we're being taxed in dollars, uh, but we choose freely to go to some other currency. We would rather live with euros. We would rather live with money printed called Erskine bucks that can be used to buy and sell in. And the government would say, no, that will not be permitted, because the reason you are going to bow down to the U.S. dollar is that we will accept payment of your taxes, which are imposed very steeply, only in U.S. dollars. Anything else you will pay an additional tax on, as if you were bartering, as if you were trading one thing for another at a yard sale. And therefore, uh, the only money that is acceptable to us for the payment of taxes is U.S. dollars. And thereby, Americans are forced into a U.S. dollar system. We are forced to work our lives away to receive pay in dollars. And this is, needless to say, a rather destructive system, but one that was implemented, uh, well, you could say implemented in various times and places, but mainly by Woodrow Wilson. Let me ask a let me ask a quick question. Uh, is uh, there's the dollar still being taken? I understand that Saudi Arabia won't take the dollar, so they are going more to the yuan. Now, if we are not allowed to use the dollar as the world's reserve currency, isn't that making everything cost a whole lot more? Well, it certainly costs the government more in the sense that you see, government now 
can simply manufacture as much money as it wants. In fact, there was a moment during the Obama administration when Barack Obama actually came to his Committee of Economic Advisors and said, I've just discovered this provision in the Treasury law that says that my appointed Secretary of the Treasury can print platinum coins of any size or denomination he wishes in any quantity he wishes. And it just occurred to me, we're not printing platinum coins now, but I could simply order him to create, to mint two platinum coins, each denominated at $1 trillion. And we can pay off a large chunk of our excessive debt that way. Yes. Of course, he could also just print two pieces of paper that will say on them, this bill is legal tender. That, by the way, is the difference between an Erskine buck. If you did that, you would be jailed for it. But if the government wishes to counterfeit money, it only has to print on it. This money is legal tender, must be accepted as payment uh, for all debts, public and private. And voila, that is real money. (laughs) And real money, in other words, the government can say, okay, I have a contract here that says I owe you $2 trillion. Okay, here are my two little platinum coins at a trillion dollars each. Our debt is now ended. With that, we have to take a break. We'll be right back. The Biden administration is quickly moving to implement the liberal fantasy of socialist spending. After spending a $2.1 trillion stimulus, the president and Democratic-led Congress have introduced another $3 trillion plan to add to our insurmountable debt, seeking to raise taxes on Americans making as little as 200000 a year. Have you seen the immigration footage? $87 million putting illegals in hotel rooms and our troops sleeping on parking garage floors. Could this be the biggest single gold-buying opportunity in history? Well, Wells Fargo and Gold Goldman Sachs say this is the time to buy gold. Patriot Gold Group, where your IRA or 401k can be in physical gold and silver, and you may qualify for no fee for life IRA. Call 800-356-4470 for details. Patriot Gold Group, Consumer Affairs top-rated gold IRA dealer, five years running. Call 800-356-4470 today. Saudi Arabia's madness. Number one, we're dealing with uh, Iran. Number two, uh, they do not want to take the dollar anymore. Now, that's a very bad situation. If they won't take the dollar, uh, what's going to happen? Uh, How are we going to get the oil that we need and everything else that we need to keep going? I mean, is this not a problem, Lopante? Oh, well, it means the dollar is floating. If Saudi Arabia, they technically still do accept the dollar. They've only said they will accept yuan from China uh, as long as China is buying oil with it. And but, Russia wants everything done in rubles. I mean, and Russia the, wants everything done in rubles, sure. Right. Because this so, is how they back their own currency, by tying it to something real. Now, if you wanted to prevent that, we could discuss the gold standard and what it implied when we had such a thing. But, no, it means that the dollar can be broken apart from anything of real value the moment Saudi Arabia says or that uh, they are simply not going to accept the dollar for oil anymore. That would not have been true under Donald Trump, a brief four-year right. respite from insane economics. 
because Trump had actually made us self-sufficient in oil. We actually were able to, to export oil again, and that means we could have taken the place of Saudi Arabia. In such right. an arrangement, we would have directly backed our dollar. But the entire game being played by governments nowadays is most governments print paper money, and this gives them the ability to always print more money than there is productivity. In theory, there should be a balance between how much the society is producing and how much money it's actually issued. We prevented a great deal of trouble up until 1916 because we had a gold standard. And what right. that meant is every dollar was worth a defined amount of gold and guaranteed that if um, we were not, if we printed too many dollars, if we printed more dollars than we had gold, the government nevertheless had to pay off the value of the dollar in gold. That ultimately was banished by FDR, by Franklin Delano Roosevelt, progressive right, Democrat. Right. In 1932. Now, 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 Lowell, let me ask you a question. The dollar was backed by the full faith and credit of the Federal Reserve and by the credit of the United States government. Well, Which means absolutely right, nothing. Right, but but right now, the debt to GDP is 129%. I've never seen it that high in my lifetime. No, even during World War II, it did not get that high. It only got up to about 114%. But we were conquering the world, and we were not right. being destroyed while the rest of the industrial world was. But can you, can you survive, and can your money survive at 129% debt to GDP? I mean, talk about being under. Even a drunken sailor quits spending money when he runs out of it. You know, we've run out of it. We can't be giving billions to the Ukraine and billions to this, that, and the other. It's insanity at this point. Well, you have, to, you have to keep in mind, I, I'll give you an example, because in our book, The Inflation Deception, I actually wrote a chart of 13 points to help you make the transition right. from thinking right. like someone in a capitalist society to thinking like someone in an inflatocracy, which is a whole different kind of creature. Right. In an inflatocracy, all that matters is one thing. Do, are the government printing presses still working? Can you still print dollars on them? Well, then we, we're not out of money. <laughs> we're not out of money as long as the printing press and the paper is there. Because the government can always make more. Very much as the Weimar Republic in Germany did in, up till 1923. When, well, how bad did it get under Weimar? Under Weimar, you, you've all heard the stories of how if you wanted to buy a loaf of bread, you had to have a wheelbarrow full of money. Right, right. Take down and buy, but it was a what good. What good does that. it do? What good does it do to print something that isn't worth anything? That does no good. As long as someone can be gulled into accepting it, it can work. And by the way, money operates in the human brain very much the way drugs do. As I'll explain when we come back after this. You bet. But it's only because of that that you're willing to. Accept we'll be right back. We'll be right back. The Biden administration is quickly moving to implement the liberal 
fantasy of socialist spending. After spending a $2.1 trillion stimulus, the president and Democratic-led Congress have introduced another $3 trillion plan to add to our insurmountable debt, seeking to raise taxes on Americans making as little as 200000 a year. Have you seen the immigration footage? $87 million putting illegals in hotel rooms and our troops sleeping on parking garage floors. Could this be the biggest single gold-buying opportunity in history? Well, Wells Fargo and Gold Goldman Sachs say this is the time to buy gold. Patriot Gold Group, where your IRA or 401k can be in physical gold and silver, and you may qualify for no fee for life IRA. Call 800-356-4470 for details. Patriot Gold Group, Consumer Affairs top-rated gold IRA dealer, five years running. Call 800-356-4470 today. It's sort of like years ago, you'd just have a day that cost you $20 or somebody would give you $10 to fill up your tank. No more, no more. Here, little boy, here's $10. Go fill up your tank. I know it cost you something to get here. $10 uh, doesn't cover it. It doesn't cover it. That's uh, two gallons of gas, maybe. I mean, it's absolutely incredible what's been going on. And, Lowell, this, this is something that wages cannot keep up with. They just simply can't. We've got the other problem that you've got a lot of the uh, companies that are being burned down, apparently, crashing all the food companies. Are we going to be looking at famine also in addition to what we've got? But you were saying that money is a lot like a narcotic. Tell me how that could be. That was too too interesting to let it slip. What's, what's oh, that Oh, situation? psychologists who have studied this have given people a choice. The choice is... <sighs> Which would you prefer, to get a 2% raise in an environment of 1% inflation or to get a 4% raise in an environment of 5% inflation? Well, obviously, the 2% people, is better because you're actually getting a 1% in addition. You're doubling. It's a much better deal, of course. But you see, you're rational. That's the difficulty. Most people view money irrationally. Uh, and they tend to prefer a 4% raise because it's bigger, even though that raise is entirely eaten up by inflation. Yeah, Which, by the way, is 1%. more than happening now. Right. I, I, I right. hate to tell you, but uh, you talk about how deep in debt we are, in right. effect. Uh, it's very optimistic. You forget all kinds of little things like we've already made promises to people on Social Security. We have an unfunded liability to pay all that off, if only to prevent a violent revolution in the country. And as a result, uh, we owe, owe 175, 180% at a minimum. Wow. And for various reasons, we also are, are in debt in other ways that mean we have to pay off into the, oh my God, you can't even imagine it. But we already owe more than a quintillion dollars. We're, we don't just owe a few tens of trillions of dollars. We owe astronomical amounts of money on out into the future that eventually have to be paid or oh, they have to be monetized. Who, and of who course, do we owe? in photocracy, what they always do ultimately is monetize the debt. That is, who do we owe the off. debt to? Who do we owe that to? Who loaned well, us the money? Well, in one way or another, we owe it to anybody we've ever made a promise to. 
oh boy. in the form of welfare or other things. One th- you see, the problem is that our economics... See, you see, people say, oh, well, we must have separation of church and state. Well, okay, why don't we have separation of money and state? Why don't we have right. currency created by a non-government entity that can do so honestly? Why don't we go back to a gold standard that means the politicians are limited because they have to match every dollar with a certain amount of gold, limited in how much money they can print. As long as they're free to print money, there is no limit to how much debt they can run up. So the politicians, politicians buy votes, and uh, that uh, basically is uh, debt to a large degree, is their vote buying. Promising something for everybody, like free free college tuition, that's a vote buy, isn't it? Well, they want to pay off the student loan debt. Right. People undertook, signed on the line for, said they would repay, and now there's something like $1.7 trillion to be repaid. And Joe Biden is talking about, oh, well, maybe I can just wave my magic wand and by executive order, make all that debt vanish. No, boys and girls, that debt is owed to the U.S. government under an act of Congress, and only Congress can be involved directly in debt that way, at least theoretically. So everything Joe Biden has has been doing is technically illegal. But then that shouldn't surprise us. You look at Article 1, Section 8, the Enumerated Powers Clause in the Constitution, uh, nearly 90% of everything the U.S. government does at all is illegal in the sense that it doesn't comport with the limits of the Constitution. A question. With with everything happening, Lowell, uh, how long is this inflation going to go on? Is there any way to stop it? It seems to me it's almost like a runaway train right now. Well, to a degree, you could create your own gold standard. That is, you could invest in gold. Good and idea. That would, that would give you something that at least would rise with the inflation in theory. But, of course, the inflation is about to go hyper. And <clears throat> as it does, uh, the government has found ways to hold the value of gold within limits. Right. I mean, gold should be costing 5000 an ounce now. Sure, sure. But it isn't. Uh, and the reason is government creates paper gold and engages in international money manipulation to help hold that down. Um, This is the power of government being able not only to use dollars, but to use them in various forms of international banking that manipulate the global money supply and the wealth of everybody's money in a world where all these different countries, China, Russia, England, whatever, are in the business of trying to get as much value for as little honest money as they can. Right. And they just they right. just keep printing money fast enough that it's a constant race to the bottom to see whose money is worth less. Even though Friedrich Hayek, as I said, a Nobel laureate economist, had proposed that we uh let you operate with your choice of money freely. Instead of taxing you for owning gold or for buying euros or whatever, anything that constitutes a traditional historic currency you should be able to buy and trade in, and that would at least let the currencies compete directly. You know, if they make the dollar too dishonest, everyone just moves to euros, right? and the dollar is threatened with sinking. So that would become something like 
a gold standard, or at least a little more like it than it used to be. So we are on the precipice of what I'm gathering, of being Venezuela. You wake up one day, you better buy things right now, because tomorrow they're going to be double the price. We are on the precipice of being Venezuela. And in a way, it's even worse than that, because the, the good thing about modern monetary theory, in theory, is that nobody has to pay taxes, at least not direct taxes. All you have to pay for is the problem that every day your dollars are worth a little bit less. And so as they found in Weimar, Germany, a hundred years ago, the way you deal with that is go deep into debt, because you're going to be able to repay that debt with dollars that are dirt cheap. I mean, you will literally, I mean, they had problems in Weimar, Germany, where someone would go into a cafe in Berlin and order uh, a lunch that cost 5,000 Reichs. And by the time the lunch was served, the cost had gone up to 7,000 Reichs. Wow. I mean, in the course of an hour or less. So that's how fast money was disintegrating. And that could easily happen to us, especially if our dollar were no longer the world currency. But they have to keep taxes imposed because, A, it allows them to reward their friends and punish their enemies uh, who are in the government. Right, right. Uh, It allows a welfare check to still have some purchasing power, for example. Uh, It also gives the government great power because most taxes, a lot of taxes, are now Pigovian, as they're called in economic terminology. A Pigovian tax... A Pigovian tax is not, and, and think of it as having pig in the name, because it tells you a lot. The purpose of the tax is not to make money for the government, not to create revenue. The purpose of the tax is to punish their enemies, or oh. to make policy through taxation. You've heard of sin taxes, for example. Right, we're seeing that more and more right now, then. Oh, yes, of course. Well, well what did they do when Elon Musk threaten to buy uh, Twitter and allow free speech on it when they were in the process of moving as fast as they could among the socialists to abolish free speech. Well, they decided they were, in a matter of hours, they announced the Justice Department was now investigating Elon Musk company Tesla to see if they could break its back economically. Right. And hence eliminate his ability to buy Twitter. And also a wealth tax. They wanted to do a wealth tax to uh, take away a lot of his money, so he couldn't do that either. Now, let me ask you... And you make a key point there, because, of course, they hate the wealthy, because the wealthy are little islands of independence. (laughs) Right. They can stand against the government. They can create a think tank. They can employ others who disagree with the government. And the government does not want anyone allowed to disagree with it. No. No, they don't. Now, let me ask you, let's switch topics just for a second. Russia's had announced that uh, they're at war with uh, NATO. Could it go nuclear? And how bad will it get? Uh, uh, This is very disturbing what's going on there. What do you see with Russia and uh, the Ukraine? Well, let's remember first that Russia, the Ukraine, the United States, and the United Kingdom all signed a mutual agreement uh, back under the uh, Clinton administration, right. that, if, that if Ukraine surrendered the nuclear weapons on its soil that had been left over from when it was part of the Soviet Union, 
then all those countries stood to guarantee the sovereignty and territorial integrity of Ukraine. Right. And they would not allow it to be invaded. What happened? Well, under the Obama-Biden administration, Ukraine was invaded, Crimea was taken, other parts of uh, eastern Ukraine were taken by Russia. And did we do anything? No. No. Obama just sat and folded his hands. Uh, Biden sat and folded his hands. And Russia was allowed to engage in outright aggression and theft, uh, much as uh, Catherine the Great had done. By the way, we saw Angela Merkel leave office recently, the the Chancellor of Germany. Angela right. Merkel on her desk had a painting of Catherine the Great, who right. took Ukraine in those days. She also helped appoint the former German Chancellor, who would oversee the pipeline from Russia to Germany right? under the North Sea. So what we're seeing is an incredibly... Of course, then again, Angela Merkel was not really a German. She was born and raised in East Germany. She grew up speaking Russian. But what we're seeing now is Germany is offering tanks to the Ukraine. They just announced that. Well... Uh, what good is a tank if your opponent has nuclear weapons? Well, now, that's, now, that's the now question. Did, did, did Ukraine give up all their weapons, or did they hold a few back just in case? They had over 3,000 nuclear weapons. So did they hold back a dozen or so? What do you think? Well, there were these stories that in the closed confines of that defective Russian reactor, right. far north of, of Kiev, or Ki- yeah, Kiev, uh, there were potentially hidden a couple of nuclear weapons. Sure, it'd be and a that, smart that thing to do. That would have been profoundly interesting. Right. Now, in the case of nuclear weapons, what would we do since our arsenal does no longer include nuclear weapons? Under John Kennedy, we had routinely deployed with our NATO forces a type of weapon called a Davy Crockett. A Davy Crockett was a nuclear bazooka, one-tenth of a kiloton nuclear blast uh, that could be fired from the back of a tank like a bazooka or from the back of a jeep, for that matter. Uh, But all of those were withdrawn, and today we supposedly do not have tactical nuclear weapons. Russia does, and Russian military doctrine calls for their use right down to immediate battlefield purpose. So if they used a tactical nuclear weapon... Could we respond with something of the same size and magnitude? Uh, reportedly, no, we couldn't. Well, the other thing is that uh, they were requesting Stinger missiles, the Stinger missiles, uh, Raytheon, to make Stinger missiles and send them over to uh, to the Ukraine. Raytheon said, yeah, we might be able to do that by 2024. We can't make them right now. We haven't made one in 17 years. There are going to have to be some changes in, et cetera, et cetera. Plus, uh, getting in the equipment, we can't get in the computer chips for it. Also, uh, a, stinger a, missile, a stinger missile is good against helicopters and so on, but it's a very limited weapon in the sense yeah, but, that you can't shoot down point, something above twenty thousand feet with one. Yeah, but the point I make is the Raytheon said we can't get it to you for at least two years. We're incapable of making it. Now that that is a, that's an incredible position for the mighty United States to be in and say, we can't make it for you. The company can't make it. Now, Especially when in your heart you know that if it were needed by the U.S. itself directly, somehow they'd appear. 
Well, I would hope so. I would hope so, but but uh, the supply chains are not good for creating any weaponry right now, and we are behind. We haven't made one in 17 years. That shows you that we are behind in a lot of our weaponry to fight, and we've got a woke army right now. We, we're not capable of fighting right now, I don't think. Not to well, remember, the, the entire economic mess in Europe, as it exists, is a result of Eisenhower after World War II facing the Russian army, millions of people, great military power, asking how can we stop that we don't want to leave a million of our own men stationed permanently in Europe. Right. Uh, And Eisenhower's conclusion was, we are going over to nuclear defense. And more than that, because Europe cannot afford to defend itself against the Red Army, we are putting our nuclear umbrella over Europe. As a result, the European nations didn't have to spend money on the military significantly. We'll be right back. They used the money instead... The Biden administration is quickly moving to implement the liberal fantasy of socialist spending. After spending a $2.1 trillion stimulus, the president and Democratic-led Congress have introduced another $3 trillion plan to add to our insurmountable debt, seeking to raise taxes on Americans making as little as 200000 a year. Have you seen the immigration footage? $87 million putting illegals in hotel rooms and our troops sleeping on parking garage floors. Could this be the biggest single gold buying opportunity in history well wells fargo and goldman sachs say this is the time to buy gold patriot gold group where your ira or 401k can be in physical gold and silver and you may qualify for no fee for life ira call 800-356-4470 for details patriot gold group consumer affairs top rated gold ira dealer five years running call 800-356-4470 today We're talking with Lowell Ponzi. Lowell, we've only got about five minutes left. This has been an incredible virtual tutorial on what's happening. Now, let me ask you, as we go into the final five minutes, what can we, the people, do? What can we do? What do you recommend? Well, there are many things that theoretically we could do. One problem I was saying is that because Eisenhower put the U.S. nuclear umbrella over Europe and saved at expense costs after World War II, Their countries used excess wealth instead, not for tanks or bombs, but for a welfare state. One thing we could do that is long known is we simply say to everyone on welfare, okay, you have a choice. You can take the welfare check that we're offering you now, but if you do, you are forfeit from casting a vote in any election for the next 12 months. You can bring back your vote automatically any time by just ceasing to take welfare for 12 months, and you will be free to vote. However, you can find very few people who will do that. Half the population is to one degree or another, in effect, on welfare now. Better than one out of five males in the country are not employed, especially young males. A third of them are living at home with mom and dad of the millennial and younger generation. Uh, Males are being devalued in a ridiculously intense way, but they're not counted as unemployed for the simple reason that they're not even seeking work. And you only get counted as unemployed if you are (laughs) actively seeking a job. They're not. They're just getting a government check, and the government's idea now is we're going to give everybody a permanent automatic income forever. 
It won't right. be a huge income, but it'll be enough that you and your friends can get together, rent a house, live happily without having to lift a finger, just smoke dope, uh, watch porn on TV, and live happily ever after. And that's the kind of world we've created for a large part of our population. We need to separate that or we'll never have enough productivity to even be able to think of getting out. We also right. know that inflation is nearly stratospheric. We're into double-digit inflation for almost everything. For food, I mean, everything that the government doesn't discount because it's considered volatile, like the cost of fuel, the cost of food, and so on. These things are minimized because, gee, they, they might change a year from now. They might change six months from now. They're not permanent inflation as the government sees it, but of course they are. And they're draining everyone's savings. They're making everyone dependent ultimately on government. And as long as we're doing that, we're headed down an inevitable road to doom. Now you can invest in precious metals. No one hates to say that. Precious metal is, by the way, how I define lead. Right. You can buy Start bullets. With, you can buy bullets and lead, that will be a very goldens. good investment. Right. Now, now, when you're looking at the situation, uh, there are a lot of companies that can't even open up. The groceries are closing earlier because they can't get people to work. I've never seen that happen before. Well, the government's made it, in effect, paid people not to work. Wow. Now, that is part of their destroying Judeo-Christian system, the, the work hard and get ahead and that type of thing, uh, the Judeo-Christian work ethic. They're destroying that. They are destroying our entire system of morality. This is the ultimate basis of it, and the basis of it is that what's coming in, in my opinion, is satanic, demonic, whatever you want to call it. Oh, I would agree. I don't have time to read my entire table now uh, of how the, the capitalist mentality is different from the inflationist or inflatocracy mentality. But simply point one, a penny saved is a penny earned, as Benjamin Franklin wrote. That was capitalism. Nowadays, that has been replaced by a penny saved is a penny lost to inflation. Saving money is foolish. You should spend it immediately. And in fact, that is the way to survive in an inflatocracy. Because the money is going to lose value day by day, even hour by hour. So you spend it as fast as you can. Yeah, but that that's, runs contrary to everything we were taught. Every every rule of Judeo-Christianity we were taught was not to go out and just blow money. But that's what you're saying. Do it now because it's going to cost you twice as much later. Yeah, I mean, we were all taught to save for your retirement. Well, you're not going to have anything left by time for your retirement. Right now, the wholesale price indexes are up more than 12%. Right. That means if that's the price coming at you right now, that's the new inflation that will be added onto the inflation you've got now. Is that ever going to be paid off? I seriously doubt it. Because you'd have to have people willing to work, or you would have to completely dismantle the Socialist Party that's now running the country. I mean, they have to be torn from power. WMD.com. Thank you, Paul. Thank you. All aboard the Truth Express. You can listen on your favorite podcast app or local radio station.
Patriot Gold Group. Consumer Affairs operated five years running for your IRA or 401k. Call 800-356-4470 today. All aboard the Truth Express with your conductor, Erskine, who give you the latest on national news, politics, policies, business, and government issues. Oh boy, are we set for some fun. We've got Riley G. Matthews. He's been a friend of mine for years. He's been on before. Former NYPD police officer, retired after a career-ending injury. Became a Hollywood stuntman, appeared in many pre-COVID movies. Pre-COVID, yes, pre-COVID. COVID certainly ruined everything. He was first vice, first uh, vice president of Nevada SAG, first president and founder of the Blood Brothers Motorcycle Club. That's for uh, former cops and a uh, gun and robbery specialist for the NYPD. Uh, and Ralph Friedman. Ralph has been introduced to me by Riley. He is the NYPD's most decorated detective, working out of the 41st Precinct, Fort Apache, the Bronx. He made more than 2,000 arrests over a period of less than 15 years, involved in 15 shootouts, forced to shoot eight criminal perps, uh, killed four. He fought for the, for the good of New York City in what some have considered to be the toughest years of all to protect the public from crime, drugs, and violence. Nearly fatal car crash ended his career in 1983. Wrote the best-selling book, Street Warrior. Was the basis for the TV's show, Street Justice, The Bronx. And uh, you can get uh, BronxStreetWarrior.com and Riley is at RileyG.com. Wow, I'm telling you, when I look at this, you've got two of the best detectives, the two of the best officers from New York, and it ain't the same city where you work. They, uh, Eric Adams uh, promised to crush crime. He's done just the opposite. It's a, it is basically Mayor de Blasio in blackface. He hasn't made any difference. Now, I talked to Curtis Lewa. Curtis would have made a difference. But this guy, former cop too, what has happened with him? Was he, was he, 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 he campaigned one way and then doing something else. That's par for the course with politicians, isn't it? Sure is. And when I'm looking at that now, let's talk a little bit about the fellow on the subway who did the shooting. Didn't kill anybody, but he shot a lot of people. They knew about him, and yet the cameras weren't working on the subway. Uh, let me ask you, Ralph, what's going on with that, where they don't have the cameras working? Is it falling apart that badly, the New York City? I mean, it's become fear city. It never was fear city before. Well... It's certainly falling apart, that's for sure. But as far as the cameras, they claim there were over 600 cameras that were working, and they're blaming the Internet for the other cameras were not working, that weren't working and didn't pick them up. And because of that, it took a little longer to catch them because New York City detectives were right on top of it, and they did make a fast sure. arrest. But it would have been faster. Everybody, everybody blames somebody else. That's what's happening today in the world. Now, you've got your BLM, a National Guardsman, Bishop Evans. Nobody thinks about Bishop Evans. He was a National Guardsman who, got, who died 
rescuing two people trying to cross over on the Rio Grande. That's a real hero, that guy. 22-year-old kid. Absolutely. And they were alleged drug dealers. Now, they were... But you know what? He still sworn sworn to save lives, and uh, he put his life at risk and made the ultimate sacrifice trying to do that. Now, where's BLM for, for him? Where the black life, does his black life matter? Is president not to uh, them? It only matters if Biden going, involved. Is Biden going to the funeral? Is uh, Kamala Harris going to the funeral? You gonna see Al Sharpton at that man's funeral? A black life certainly not. Right. And when I'm looking at that, and then you've got the problem of the drugs coming over, fentanyl's killing more people, eighteen to forty-five, than anything else in this country. This is a plague on our country, isn't it, Ralph? Absolutely. Drugs always were, and uh, they always were. There's a war on crime, but the cops do their job. They get held accountable, but the judges, the district attorneys, as far as prosecuting, parole boards letting them out, it's like the cops are fighting a war on every every side, every battle, battles on every side of them. No, no bail. That's the other thing. No, that's that's just plain ridiculous. That was, that's like the straw that broke the camel's back. And then you got these liberal DAs that won't prosecute. And now, like in New York City, the MTA is crying. Yesterday, they lost $500 million in fair beats. And the president of the board wants to start a, a commission or a study on how to correct this. How to correct it. It's no secret. Let the cops do their jobs. Lock up fair beaters. Put them in jail. Absolutely. I mean, and they want to. They have to have a commission for everything. I haven't quite understood that. I mean, well, I'll, I'll, I'll let you understand it. It's putting their friends on committees called nepotism and friends, and then they get jobs. Well, they cut a billion dollars out of the budget. Uh, they have a command school officers. Uh, and the cops who used to be in school, they want to put that under the Department of Education. They've reduced their uniformed officers by 1163 Overtime spending's been cut by $352 million. They've done away with stop and frisk and no bail. Now, how do you, how do you not have crime rise when they're, telling, they're giving you that? People are out on bail committing the same crime time after time. Uh, would you want to be a cop today? Would you really? I, I, I missed the job for the 39 years I'm out already, but I really don't think I could go back. Not in today's atmosphere. I mean, the police are totally handcuffed, shackled, blindfolded. Right. They, they really can't do anything. And then they want crime to go down. What they need is real police work. You don't need commissions and play no. with numbers and all this garbage they talk about. It's ridiculous. Anything they want to know, they can ask the cop on the street or the cop in the transit. And uh, they'll get Pat their Lynch, answers. Pat Lynch, president of the PBA, uh, he said they've surrendered the city to the lawless. What do you think, Riley? Have they surrendered the city to the lawless? Uh, they surrendered it a long time ago under de Blasio, and it's getting a lot worse under the empty suit cop we had called uh, Eric Adams, who's now the mayor. Yeah, now, what say, they, he's a lot, he's a lot need, worse than de Blasio. They need Rudy Giuliani back. He supported the police. So did Ed Koch. Ed Koch, Giuliani. You need uh, mayors that are 
not only support the peace, the police, but they want to protect the public. It all goes hand in hand. Now, the people who are suffering the most are the people who are in the black neighborhoods where you can't even walk out. I watched uh, one time uh, last summer where a little seven-year-old kid was being walking across the street with her father, and she watches her father get gunned down. That was probably the most pitiful thing I've seen. I know you've seen a lot worse. Yeah, we've seen me, them. We've seen them. Oh. Yeah, and, and the little child just standing there crying. I mean, that was the guy who was killed. He was black. His daughter was black. But to watch him get killed that way, it doesn't matter about color. It's life. It's life. Life doesn't matter to these thugs, does it? Not at all. There's a total disregard for human life. And the, and the poorer neighborhoods pay for it worse, like you said. And they get the most police protection because that's where the most crime goes on. So when they do these things and cut police and defund police and do this and do that, they're hurting the black community more. They want to make it, but they know how to twist it to make it sound like they're helping them, but they're hurting them. Let me make a statement and tell me what you think. Uh, Without the police, we have no freedom. Now, what these people are talking about, because without the police, we can't be free to walk. We can't be free to go anywhere. We can't be free to have what we have because the police are able to keep it to where we have the freedom to walk. We have the freedom to realize we're not going to be hurt, and we've got to have the police. And what is this to fund the police all about? Is this just a socialist Marxist method to try to yes, it is. destroy the economy and the country? I think it is. It is, without a doubt. But the, the police are your first line of defense. They call it the thin blue line. And that right. reason being... They're the protection between anarchy and civil, civil, you know, civil actions, you know. Like, there's a separation. These are men and women that go out there and put their lives on the line. They would take a bullet for a stranger, you know. And what irks me the most is when they call, like, a, an athlete uh, a hero. You know, they don't know what the word means anymore. They don't no, put, they they, really play don't. in kids' games. They don't put their lives on the line. You never see them running to a shooting or the buildings coming down or anything. Not like first responders, firemen, and cops. Cops hear shots fired, they run towards it. You see everybody running away from it. Yeah, you've got the same thing with uh, not only police, but also nurses and doctors and those people who who were our heroes yesterday. uh, First responders, yep. Right, they were our heroes yesterday, and they're turning into zeros because uh, they are just... Any Anything good that this country's had has become a negative, like the work ethic and all of this, protecting people. When I'm looking at this, it goes beyond just politics. It goes into something that's actually demonic when I'm looking at what's going on. I totally agree with you. I wish you didn't. <laughs> <It's> a, <laughs> what, what's the answer? What do you two guys think are, is the answer? What can we do? I uh, know that well, we've the got first to thing you got to do is the police. You got to vote. You got to get the right people in, right? And then policies will be changed. It's the only way. We got to get the police powers back. Where people, the only way the society really works well is if decent people respect the police and criminals fear the police. And then you got to have the backup for the police, which is the district attorneys that'll prosecute, the judges that'll put them away and parole boards that keep them away. So your vote isn't, it matters who you get for Congress, 
and you see all these Congress critters running, and it matters who gets in, it's said, matters who gets in, it's president. But well, they say elections have consequences. But and the election, people have to look all the way down the ballot to the Corporation Commission, to the people who are running for office on the school board, to the people who are uh, running one thing or another, the prosecutors, the judges. It's really hard to under, to figure out which ones are good and which ones aren't because you don't hear that much from them. So if people get into a position like a prosecutor and you don't know that much about them, we need to start finding out, don't we? Yeah, the, uh, the decent American people got a little lax with the elections. And we really more, did. More and more people are slipping through the cracks and they're starting to get more people that think along two liberal lines getting in there and getting together and giving them more power. Now, Ralph, how many, you were in, what, over 2,000 arrests. You you did more than a lot of precincts, too. I mean, it's well, I was very busy. I was very busy. I, I ate it up. Uh, I loved doing it. I did it day and night, on duty, off duty. Um, I enjoyed the job, and I loved the satisfaction of taking bad guys off the street and protecting the public. There's a lot Is of satisfaction it, to that. Now, did you see some of the criminals that turned around and became decent people? Does that happen very often? It happens, but not very often. You know. Okay. Um, sometimes people straighten out, you know, but uh, some of them are too far gone. They just, that's their way of life, you know. You know, most right. of these guys, you lock up a guy for burglary and you get him on his first time. Be sure he committed like 20 before that. Wow, we'll be right back with Riley G and Ralph Friedman. The Biden administration is quickly moving to implement the liberal fantasy of socialist spending. After spending a $2.1 trillion stimulus, the president and Democratic-led Congress have introduced another $3 trillion plan to add to our insurmountable debt, seeking to raise taxes on Americans making as little as 200000 a year. Have you seen the immigration footage? $87 million putting illegals in hotel rooms and our troops sleeping on parking garage floors. Could this be the biggest single Gold buying opportunity in history? Well, Wells Fargo and Goldman Sachs say this is the time to buy gold. Patriot Gold Group, where your IRA or 401k can be in physical gold and silver, and you may qualify for no fee for life IRA. Call 800-356-4470 for details. Patriot Gold Group, Consumer Affairs top rated gold IRA dealer, five years running. Call 800-356-4470 today. Now, both of you worked uh, with a number of people who were involved in narcotics trafficking. And, of course, uh, uh, the brave uh, hero, Evans, was uh, killed trying to save the life of two people. He didn't know they were dealing drugs, but uh, tried to save their life. That's a real, true hero. But the drugs, is this a major component of what's happening with the with the lawlessness throughout the country, too much money yet, and too many politicians got their fingers in the drug money, I think. Anybody, either of you care to comment on that? Well, I think that's why they're lax on the border, you know. And, right. uh, and either they're lax because they're getting paid off or they're lax and the, uh, the criminals and the drug dealers are taking advantage of this. 
but it's flowing in steady. Human trafficking, drugs, illegals. It's a, it's a shame what's going on. It's absolutely a shame. Not you only know? that, but they're also bringing diseases over in one day or another. And they're not testing them for anything. They want to do away with Title 40, 42 or whatever. Yeah, and I've talked to people there, and uh, this is this is just an untenable situation. Did you know that there were over 20 million illegals in the country right now? Yeah, yeah, we've heard that for a while. And it's getting worse by the day. Getting and worse they're shipping by the them day, overnight right. in planes to all different states and counties. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes. You know, and, that, uh, what we know is probably a tip of the iceberg. Well, the amount of pedophilia that's occurring is just uh, going through the roof. Using poor kids for for sex trading, sex trafficking. We've become the leading country for sex trafficking. This is this is certainly not not anything we want to be known for, and it's certainly not a good thing for America. So all of this is happening right now. We need well. The only answer is we need somebody who will come in and take charge like we had before. President Trump wouldn't have allowed this to happen. No, I don't think a lot of this would be happening. I don't even think there would be a war in in Ukraine if Trump was there. No, people respect strength. Now, this is the thing with the police also. They respect strength. When the police come there, you have to know that you're going to be safe as a policeman, and they also have to know that the people have, you have their respect. And the politicians have taken away your respect, haven't they? Yes, they have. Not only that, politicians are dictating uh, procedures today with the police departments. And politicians shouldn't run police departments. We have commanders and uh, police inspectors and bosses that are trained for that and came up through the ranks and know the job. Having a politician run a police department is like having the janitor in the hospital running a surgical unit. But by the same token, Ralph and Riley, you've got a person who came up through the ranks who's running New York, and he's doing a terrible job of it. And he came up through the ranks. This guy, he was there way after me. I retired in, like, January of 84. Right. I speak to guys on different platforms and different clubs and groups. Right, uh, right. Thousands and thousands people that actually worked with him. And they all said he was an absolute empty suit, do nothing. You know, he, all he did was hide and study to be a boss and study to be a lawyer. And when he became a lawyer, all he did was sue the police department and cops. So you know, he's he one of these guys, with, he one was, of these guys who does nothing and takes credit for everything that goes right. You know, there's theory and reality. In theory, he was a cop. Because he got paid as a cop and had a uniform. But in reality, he didn't do any police work whatsoever. Wow. No, I, I've, he... never seen, I've never seen the guy in Central Booking, Brooklyn Central Booking, in all my years. Because we, we were there at the same time. Not once. He'd like to say, he's just an empty suit. See, if you never saw him in Central Booking, that says it all. Wow. Yep. <laughs> Coming from well, a guy who booked. This is the truth. You know, this guy did nothing. Now, the other situation that they're talking about is the gun situation. And we're going to talk about that when we return. The gun situation coming from the South. 
the Biden administration is quickly moving to implement the liberal fantasy of socialist spending. After spending a $2.1 trillion stimulus, the president and Democratic-led Congress have introduced another $3 trillion plan to add to our insurmountable debt, seeking to raise taxes on Americans making as little as 200000 a year. Have you seen the immigration footage? $87 million putting illegals in hotel rooms and our troops sleeping on parking garage floors. Could this be the biggest single gold-buying opportunity in history? Well, Wells Fargo and Goldman Sachs say this is the time to buy gold. Patriot Gold Group, where your IRA or 401k can be in physical gold and silver, and you may qualify for a no-fee-for-life IRA. Call 800-356-4470 for details. Patriot Gold Group, Consumer Affairs top-rated gold IRA dealer, five years running. Call 800-356-4470 today. Now, I don't think guns are to blame. I think crime is to blame. Now, if either of you disagree with that, that's fine. But I really believe that the you had Eric Adams saying, well, the guns are coming up from the South. They're buying guns in the South and bringing them into the city. And so the guns are the problem. I don't see the guns being the problem. I think, uh, I know in the West, and it's a different world here. Let's Let's just put it that way. A lot of crimes not committed because a lot, most everybody has a gun. And if you're going to commit a crime or threaten somebody, uh, this is the wrong place to do it. You're liable to get shot. And I have no problem with that. What do you think? What's your thinking on guns, Ralph? Because you've been there. What's your thinking, uh, well, Riley? Guns have always been a problem coming from the South. And the reasons are, uh, well, not guns, but the perpetrators bringing in the guns. But right. New York City has very tough gun laws. Not that they're being enforced, but we have great laws on the books. They're just not being prosecuted and enforced the way they should be. And the there was always a pipeline from the South, because those states had, they're close by, relevantly close by, and the, their laws are much different. If you're just a resident and you have a driver's license, you can buy whatever you want down there, and they, they either sell them or they bring them up here. Uh, the problem with today is that uh, more and more guns keep coming up. It's easier to do, and they're not being prosecuted, and they're getting away with it. When they took away the stop and frisk, they they, yeah. they, they brag about getting more guns off the street. There are more guns. It's like easy pickings uh, when they do stop them, but they're trying to cut down the stop and frisk, make it impossible for cops to do that. You know, They didn't totally eliminate stop and frisk. But they made it in a way that cops don't want to bother doing it. You got to do a lot of paperwork. You get involved, and if the people make a stink, you got to go downtown. It's just everything's in favor of perpetrators. Nobody talks. You hear, you don't never hear about victims. No one cares about victims' rights. You always hear about the bad guys' rights. Did the cop abuse them? You know, uh, did corrections use them? Did you know everything's geared for them? No one seems to care about the poor victims today. It looked to me like stop and frisk was crime prevention, not uh, it's the crime best causing. tool that any right. police department has. That's what I thought. It was the best tool. You could stop and frisk somebody if they had a gun they weren't supposed to. Take the gun away at the very least and arrest them because that's the, really what needs to be done, stop and frisk. That, that your dog or Riley's? No, that's mine, uh, 
That's going to be Ralph's book. Yeah, in my day, we in the UF-250, to stop question and frisk, that's where the vast majority of my gun collars come from. And if you look today, this new unit that uh, Adam started, most of those guys that have been collared are back out on the street already. These right. district attorneys, the district attorneys yeah. are not following the law and prosecuting. They're just cutting them, cutting them, cutting them loose. Now, how many lives do you think were saved with stop and frisk? You can't count the numbers. You couldn't even count the numbers on that. Stop and frisk right. was a great tool. And, you know, cops didn't indiscriminately use it. It was used as good police work, a sixth sense. The cops that were out there doing that and the anti-crime units, they were excellent. This is, that's exactly what New York City needs and any big city. But now, in this day and age, when you do stop and frisk, they call it you're violating people's rights. You know, what you're doing is protecting the public, you're risking right. your life, and you're getting guns off the street, and you're getting results. And this half-assed thing that he got these, he's calling it anti-crime. They're wearing uniforms and cameras, and it's a joke. They even got caught this week lying, where they said they made 25 gun collars, and I think it was the New York Post or the News found they only made 12. And of 11 of them out of the 12, all walked out of jail within hours. Wow. The whole thing is a farce. It's a smoke and mirrors for the public. This guy, this guy is like an Obama, Adams. He's well-dressed, well-spoken, comes across very well. But it's all bullshit. You know? Wow. Smoke and you mirrors, no, nothing there, nothing doing. Nothing, nothing. Crime it, has been going up. Even faster since he's uh, became mayor, and every time he implicates implicates another uh, uh, design to fight crime, it goes worse. The subways are a mess. I think they say crime is up 65% in the subway since he took office. 65% 65% yeah. it's gone. I know. They're saying people are afraid to ride the subways, but it's the only, they way, they have to get to, they only way they have to get to work. Ralph and uh, Riley, a lot of people have no other way to get to work. They can't. You can't have cars in New York like you can other places. You've got to take the subway. Well, something has to be done. Even the subway, they're all sneaking in who do, do go in. They, may, you know, they really, really want to change it to like France where everybody's on bikes to be honest with you. That's why right. they put up these city bike stations everywhere. They push that stuff. Uh, it's just the whole city is a mess. They, they want to try to put in uh, that uh, congestion pricing to keep cars out of New York. They want people on the subways, but they can't control crime, and they can't even stop someone from jumping over a turnstile. You know, they don't yeah, want police doing that broken window stuff which is very important. That was another good tool. If someone's doing minor crime, they're the one. My brother was a transit officer, and he used to tell me when he caught guys jumping over the turnstiles, they had guns and drugs on them. You know, they're trying to beat a dollar fare back then or 75 cents, and they're carrying right. thousands of dollars in illegal guns. You know? And the, and they are also been pushing people onto the tracks. Or that's a new uh, fad, you know? You know, yeah. it's, it's just nuts. Never, never say anything like it. <laughs> Have we lost total respect for humanity in this country? That's what it amounts to. We're getting We've very close total... to it. If it doesn't turn around soon, you know, you say, how bad can it be? But it right. keeps getting worse. It, things got, 
Um, we are, I think a lot of people are looking forward to this November. That's going to be a big step. I think we expect a big red wave. And hopefully and possibly that things could start to turn around. In my opinion, Black Lives Matter is one of the worst things that could have happened to the black community. I got to agree with you again. Because they have honored the thugs, and they're not even talking about <laughs> people like Evans, who have been role models and great people, but they're honoring the thugs like, uh, what's his name, who they had all the the debate over, who was on the fentanyl and everything and died with the chokehold and all that. I mean, this is just insanity. Yeah, right, who they're making into heroes versus zeros. I Eric, mean, uh, that was uh, Eric Garner. Yeah, I mean, this is just totally crazy. We need to have we need to have heroes again. People like you two who were heroes and who did positive things and were in trying to bring the country back. Now, you, you are need cops models. that are allowed to do their jobs. Most of the right. men and women want to do their job. They're being held back. They're hurting too. Just seeing the things they see and not allowed to take police action in which they're. You have a DNA calling, and they're trained for and willing to do it. Absolutely. Now, the country, they've got people worried about uh, transsexuals and all that type of different thing. When there's some major problems going on, we've got to wake up. We can't be woke. We have to be awakened. What's it going to take to wake the country up? How many deaths is it going to take? How long, how long do we have to go turn? Well, around? that's the what question. How long? What, how much could they put? You know what? Probably the answer is... When politicians' families or themselves get hurt or killed, well, you know, then they want to do so. Then they want to change something. If it affects it's, the public, they don't really care. It's happening in L.A. They're following people from the jewelry stores home and that type of thing. So it's happening in L.A. But you notice that the politicians—they all have their private uh, security services. Have you noticed that? Of they course. Don't have to worry. And uh, all those politicians that don't want walls live behind walls. If there, were, if there were three things you'd do, number one, bring back stop and frisk. Number two, uh, have prosecutors who prosecute. <laughs> and number three, do away with the no bail. Because realize, people have to realize, you're going to do the time if you do the crime. Now, if you don't have that policy, there's no reason not to do crime, because they're just going to let you out. That's right. You, you saw, we saw what happened with George Floyd protesting. Right. You know, they were allowed to commit felonies in front of the police, burning buildings, burning stores, putting people out of their livelihoods, burning police vehicles, running wild. This is, uh, you know, unacceptable behavior. And they said, let's burn off some steam. Just burning off yeah, steam. Can That's you imagine? All it is. Burn off some steam. I'd like to see him say it if it was burning his homes down. Right. I would too. Now, you know? when you're, when you're we're watching what's been going on, I'm trying to ask. I don't think the whole country is just apparently both coasts uh, that are into this. It's the major country. cities, the major cities. Right, right, and you and they all are Democrat controlled. That tells you absolutely, a lot, it? absolutely. There's your first hint. Now, when you're looking at, it, if they don't hire more police, if they don't start enforcing the laws. New York's just going to be gone. It's going to go into anarchy. It's very close to that now, isn't it? Well, it was anarchy during George Floyd. 
and Michael Brown, all those kind of cases. Now, it's not a matter break? of hiring more police. It's a matter of letting the police do their job. Police are very, very well capable of it, well-trained professionals that can do the job, you know. Now, where but they if you handcuff in? them, blindfold them, and shackle them, you can't do the job no matter how good you are. You notice the uh, people who are going into these stores and stealing. They're going into the upscale. So, what do, so what do the politicians do? They raise the level to where before you can make an arrest. So right. they walk in, they're allowed to steal nine hundred and forty-nine dollars because nine fifty is the limit. Then they go back an hour later and do it again. They're putting stores out of business. They, the, the police are there to protect these people, the stores and the people, protect lives and property. They're not letting them do it. Right. Riley, what do you got to say about it? What do you think? You got any questions for uh, Ralph? Well, I think we need to bring back the days when the Friedman brothers were on the street and my, my mentor, uh, Stanley Gam and and um, Sonny Grasso, top of that era. Right. You, know, you got to get tough on crime again. And the way to do it is this upcoming elections. You got to get out the left-leaning socialist and put in the big red wave and become the rule of law and the enforcement of the law versus catch and release as it is now. And until then, nothing's going to change. It's going to get worse. You know? Now, now when you think of New York, I do a lot, some of the people in New York, I knew Raymond Petarka, who was out of uh, Boston. He was a crime boss there. I knew, uh, Bill and Joe Bonanno. And uh, I'll tell you, I talked, had a lot of talks with Bill Bonanno. I know you, you dealt with some of the mob and the mobsters. The mob would never shoot somebody down in front of, front of their, never shoot somebody down in front of their children or anything. They had a merita. Now, I know they did a lot of bad things, but they also, they had certain rules that they abided by. The current crop that we've got in there now have no rules. They have no decency. Even the no. mob had decency. The mob, uh, I could trust, and if they told you something, you could trust it. But the ones who are there now, they will shoot somebody down in front of their own kids. The mob would have never done that, never have done that. I know it may have happened a few times, but they never, never sanctioned anything like that. They had a decency that the current crooks, I know it sounds terrible to say, the crooks are getting worse. They are getting worse. They're crazy now. Well, they're feeling more empowered, you know, and emboldened by what's going on. You know, if, if the police can't, if they know the police can't do nothing, and if by some fluke chance the police brought them in, the DA won't prosecute, and if by some fluke chance the DA prosecute, the judge is going to let them go. So they're empowered to, you know, they're back out on the street. They don't care. See, that's why I, it's even more upsetting when they try to fight or hurt a cop or resist arrest or shoot a cop or kill a cop. They're gonna, they just got to submit, and they'll be walking away. You know, they'll be walking away within hours anyway. Why fight and make things worse? It's only a, a bump in the road for them. They'll be losing an hour or two. Wow. Even if you shoot a cop or you were in a lot of shootouts. You, you yeah. were involved in a lot of shootouts. How many of those people in the shootouts, when you were involved, they would catch them, wouldn't they? Now they aren't. Oh, no, we, we, we caught them right away. Uh, it, it was a different world of my policing. Like, it's, it's like day and night. Policing years ago, 
it's changed so drastically in the last, I'd say, five years, seven years, since the uh, advent of uh, cameras going in the street with cell right. phones. Then came the uh, body cameras and car cameras, and then came uh, no bail, uh, and then the, letting the uh, leadership being torn apart by politicians. Uh, it just it just kept going downhill. You know, Let me ask you about the cameras and the body you know, cameras and all that. I've heard that they really do almost no good. No, they, they, it, it prevents the cop from doing his job because he knows he's being watched by 30. He's on every angle. He's on like 30 people or more filming him. Uh, everyone's screaming. They want to sue him. They want him to lose his job. They want him to be arrested. Uh, right. You know, police work is not always pretty. You're dealing with violent criminals, and the only way to deal with them is more violence. You know, if there was a good guy, she wouldn't be after him. We'll be right back. The Biden administration is quickly moving to implement the liberal fantasy of socialist spending. After spending a $2.1 trillion stimulus, the president and Democratic-led Congress have introduced another $3 trillion plan to add to our insurmountable debt, seeking to raise taxes on Americans making as little as 200000 a year. Have you seen the immigration footage? $87 million putting illegals in hotel rooms and our troops sleeping on parking garage floors. Could this be the biggest single gold-buying opportunity in history? Well, Wells Fargo and Gold Goldman Sachs say this is the time to buy gold. Patriot Gold Group, where your IRA or 401k can be in physical gold and silver, and you may qualify for no fee for life IRA. Call 800-356-4470 for details. Patriot Gold Group, Consumer Affairs top-rated gold IRA dealer, five years running. Call 800-356-4470 today. Well, let me ask Ralph Friedman. Ralph, what are you doing now? What are you doing for fun now? Are you having kicking back and having some fun? Well, I do. Uh, still, still, I still do work. I do uh, two nights of uh, personal security. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I, I'm very much into my trucks uh, and my property, uh, taking care of. I like home improvement, and I'm always working on my house or my trucks. I'm enjoying life. Everything's good. I do a few book signings, and I do uh, interviews like I'm doing now with you, and uh, I'm enjoying myself. Now, but Street Warriors, Street the, Warriors. brothers and sisters out there. Now, Street Warriors still available, so anybody yeah, wants Street to get Street Warriors copy. available on Amazon.com, and so is the TV series Bronx uh, Street Justice, Street Justice the Bronx, both available on Amazon Prime, uh, Amazon and the show is on Apple TV and Demand. Great. And I also Riley, have a, you, I also have a website, BronxStreetWarrior.com, where you can see many posted, of my interviews. That's posted up on TruthExpressRadio.com. Now, Great. Riley, are, are, you, uh, are you getting some jobs now? Has COVID eased up for you for your, for your stunt work? Well, unfortunately not. I uh, just took an honorable withdrawal from the Screen Actors Guild because of their mandatory uh, vaccine requirements for most film and TV work around the nation. Right. And until they remove those restrictions, I'm not working. In fact, it's cost me over $10,000 in the last, well, since the new year started for uh, misproductions. 
my not being vaccinated and refusing to take the, the jabs. Other than that, I'm just doing the uh, the armed security work for some casinos here in town in Las Vegas. You know, you know, you should be taking that shot because you look look at all the people it's helped. It's uh, helped Kamala Harris. It's helped uh, Nancy <laughs> Pelosi. It's helped all of them with their double vaccination and everything. It's a joke, and we're starting to understand it. It's a complete fraud. The American people are tired of being duped. We're tired of fraud, and we want to hear the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. That's what we want. A lot of the decent Americans want. We're tired of people lying to us, going out and telling us it's raining when you know what's happening. This is exactly where we are. I mean, we're really sick and tired of it. We've got to get back to being honest with each other. You're not going to get it from most of the media. It's absolute lies. And you're seeing that. And the shows that they're putting out, they're showing the police in the worst light and everything on most of the shows anymore. We don't need that. No, we don't. It's got to change here sometime soon. Say, if not, this country's lost. And Well, uh, I think more people have to become more spiritual. They've got to turn to God. We've got to turn that way because it's the only thing that's going to save us during this period because what's going on is demonic, in my opinion. Yeah, if you go back, a lot of the downfall of the United States started and they took the Pledge of Allegiance out of the schools and the prayer yep. and everything of that nature. And it's they've lost respect in the law. They've lost respect in their parents. And uh, it's creating creating all this uh, crime and strife throughout the United States. Yeah, well, uh, sort of like the song said, It's like the song said, R E S P E C T. If you don't respect yourself, ain't nobody gonna give a big cahoot. Now you've got to respect <laughs> yourself, and people don't respect themselves to do these things. We've got to bring it back to where it's individuals respecting themselves and wanting to do the right thing. That's the way the country used to be. It can get back there again, but we've got to have leadership that we can respect. We don't have it right now. Nobody in the world respects the leaders, uh, leadership in the United States. Not the way it was two years ago, but it's the way it is today. You can see it. And they've got to quit voting for people like Eric Adams. They've got to start voting people who are positive and don't say one thing and do another. That's another key, isn't it? You know, we don't even have uh, really good people trying to run even for New York no. City. It seems like people are like a, a politician even abandon it. I think they don't even seem to want the job, you know? Yeah, I was very... a big pool. They're much better qualified people. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, just think, all the Democrats in the United States, and they pick Biden and Harris, that's pretty sad. I know. I know. Isn't that pretty sad? Is that the best... qualified Democrats? Yeah, is that the best they could come up with with Joe Biden? Yes, that's the best they could do. A senile old man. The best uh, money can buy, right? You yeah. betcha. You both take care, and uh, if you'll hang on the line for a little bit, Ralph, I got to talk with you just for a minute. Thank you. All aboard the Truth Express. You can listen on your favorite podcast app or local radio station.
Patriot Gold Group. Consumer Affairs operated five years running where your IRA or 401k. Call 800-356-4470 today. All aboard the Truth Express with your conductor, Erskine, who give you the latest on national news, politics, policies, business, and government issues. Selwyn Duke. Selwyn's written for The New American for over a decade. He's also written for The Hill, The Observer, American Conservative, World Net Daily, American Thinker, and many other print and online publications. He's contributed to college textbooks published by Gail Cengage uh, uh, Learning. He's appeared as a frequent guest on television, on radio. We're going to discuss two really hot topics. One is COVID and the ghost of Nuremberg, and Democrats are kicking blacks to the curb. You can get his writings at thenewamerican.com, contributor Selwyn Duke, or selwynduke.typepad.com. All that's listed at Truth Express Radio. Dot, dot com truth express radio.com now i'm your ho- your conductor for this express erskine we're trying to present the truth and this article that you've written selwyn i'm telling you this this really knocked it out of the ballpark COVID and the ghost of nuremberg wow wow you're <laughs> telling it the way it is a life-saving treatment denied nurses um at Nuremberg and the nurses here, they're saying, we were just following orders. Just following orders. Where did we hear that before, Selwyn? Yeah, yeah, it's hard to imagine, Erskine, huh? but that's become a notorious phrase, as those of us even mildly acquainted with history know. We were just following orders, or we are just following orders, and eerily, this frontline nurse who was working with COVID patients, Nicole Siratek, she heard right. that line, as you just indicated, yeah, as an explanation for why COVID patients were not receiving life-saving treatment. And you can stop me if you've gone through this before in your show, but we've gone through it. Us, but the fact, the fact is, yeah. they weren't. They're not giving people the treatments that work. They're giving them rindisafir that destroys the kidneys and doesn't work. They're giving them anything that doesn't work. They're trying to rely on the vaccines when they've got ivermectin which they know works they've got hydroxychloroquine that they know works and they are forbidding patients to take it and people are dying because of that this is in inhumane isn't it it really is it really is and dr peter mccullough who's a renowned expert in this field right. in fact he is one of the more published experts in his field he explained early on in 2020 how you deal with covid he explained this in front of government bodies he said it's a three-step process first you inhibit the viral ep- uh, viral replication then you right. treat the immune system dysregulation, then you treat the thrombosis. And in that way, you can get people through this disease. And I have to tell you something. Not only have I heard about ivermectin, the ivermectin protocol, how effective it is, not only have good studies indicated that it is effective, Erskine, but I have seen it work with people close to me. Two people I know developed COVID a while back. Both right. are in a very vulnerable category. Both developed trouble breathing. 
They took the ivermectin along with the zinc, and of course, it's a whole <laughs> protocol involves other medications as well. The, the and three, one right. of them, yeah, one of them literally felt better five minutes later. She said right. she never saw a medication work so fast in her whole life. And the other individual also said it worked very, very quickly, and he was extremely impressed. So I am convinced it's effective, but it's been denied to patients, as we said. And part of this has to do with bureaucracy. You know, there's this doctor, again, stop me if I'm going on too long, Dr. Ted Noel, he's retired now. He writes out of Florida for American Thinker. I've talked to him on the phone, and he wrote right. a great article at American Thinker quite a while back about why doctors can't prescribe ivermectin, because it's off-label. If they do, their careers can literally be ruined. They can be kicked out of the Medicare system for a couple of years. They really can lose their whole income because of all the red tape, because of how you have to toe the line and just go by the official protocols. So then we have to say, well, the official protocols are the source of the problem, right? And who is responsible for the official protocols? People such as Anthony Fauci, our health authorities in general, who were pushing these so-called vaccines, just flying in the face of common sense, instead of establishing a proper treatment protocol early on. I mean, I think it was Dr. McCullough himself who said a long time ago, it's criminal that we don't at this late stage have any treatment protocol for COVID. How is that possible? This is 2020. I mean, it was at the time. And, you know, the point is, is that he said, if we had established a proper treatment protocol early on, McCullough said, 85% of the people who died of this illness would have been saved. That was his right. estimate. Now, think about the kind of numbers we're talking about. So these people literally have blood on their hands. There's no question about it. People such as Anthony Fauci, Dr. Deborah Burks, I would say, all the rest of them, Redfield, Fra who used Francis to be, I think, Collins. the head of Francis yeah, Collins yeah. and the guy down at the University of North Carolina. Right. All of them. Now, I also had a friend of mine. She was in her 70s. She had COVID. She was lying in bed for about two weeks. She took the uh, uh, ivermectin and uh, within hours, within two hours, she's feeling better. And by the fifth day, it's a five day protocol. By the fifth day, uh, she woke up and her cough was gone completely. I mean, it's amazing. It's amazing. And that yeah. works. And the thing is, the NIH and Fauci was working on the gain of function with Wuhan. He was making money off of it. Uh, Bill Gates made $200 billion in one month. He was bragging about it. Selwyn, he was bragging about it, making $200 billion in one month. Fauci made a lot of money off of it. He had patents on the HIV, which they were including, because what the gain of function did weaponized it so it could get from animals into people. That's what he was working on. And so he was the father of the COVID, and he was pushing, uh, uh, not working for any treatment. All hopes were into the vaccine. The jab was not uh, patriotic. We were told that. Don't take the jab, and you're going to lose your job, lose your friends. I mean, the shots failed. The mortality rates were worse than one in 200-year catastrophe. Shots were simply yes. not working. And then you see people like uh, recently we've got Kamala Harris and we've got people like Nancy Pelosi 
They're all coming down with COVID. They've had the shots. They've been double boosted and everything else. And they say ridiculous things. They're saying, oh, well, it would have been worse if we hadn't had the shots. You don't know that. And the other thing that they've done is 215 members of Congress have all taken either hydroxy or ivermectin. They've taken it, but we can't get it. I've got a doctor friend of mine who was on, and they're going after her license, Selwyn. They're going after her license for prescribing it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I'm glad you mentioned Erskine, those members of Congress. Yes, because behind the scenes, many of them have sought this treatment precisely because they know it works. They see through the propaganda. They almost, know really almost, half, almost half of Congress has taken it. That's what's so insane. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. And remember, part of the reason this is going on is that the drug companies don't make a lot of money off ivermectin. No, you can no. buy that for a dollar twenty a dose. Or, or hydroxychloroquine, but you can get you can get both of those over the counter in places like Mexico and places like Africa and India. You can get it over the counter. Isn't that interesting? Right. Yeah, that really is something. In fact, that's another issue. But I think we go overboard in this country with making medications prescription. And, of course, certain medications have to be. I understand that. But I think in many cases, it's a violation of legitimate freedoms. I think people should be able to make an informed decision. But anyway, there are ways of obtaining ivermectin from overseas. But I don't know if I want to get into that. (laughs) But, no, this whole thing is ridiculous because, look, even if what they say is true about these so-called vaccines, and I say so-called because they're not true vaccines, Erskine, they don't actually prevent you from contracting and transmitting the disease. Supposedly, they just right. mitigate its symptoms once you develop it. So I understand that a better way to describe them is as mRNA therapy agents or gene therapy agents. And I believe one oh. of these drug companies, yeah, I don't know if it's Pfizer or one of the others, actually classifies it as gene therapy. If you yeah, look it's into not, not their a, not a back, not a vaccine, as we know. Now, I'm going to quote from your article. Uh, the secession of ungodly medical experimentation on humankind immediately, they called for. Never before has immunization of the entire planet been accomplished by delivering a synthetic mRNA into the human body. It's a miracle experiment to which the Nuremberg Code must be applied. Now, the people who said that were survivors of the Holocaust. These are not medical doctors. They're survivors of the Holocaust. They're seeing the same thing happen. That's that to me was amazing. Right. Yes. Well, they are survivors of the Holocaust. And that's what makes this so significant, because when you invoke the Nazis, when putting forth a position or making an argument, supposedly that's supposed to immediately lose you the argument. And when Robert F. Kennedy quite a while back alluded to the Nazis or referenced the Nazis when he was talking about the so-called vaccines, he was really pilloried in the media. But here you have Holocaust survivors. Who Who would know better? Who would know better than a Holocaust survivor, right? They go into some of the detail of the experiments they did. This is just an extension of the same type experiments, right? Right, right. Well, you know, the Nuremberg Code has not been applied at all since World War II. These Holocaust survivors think it should be, and they make their case, and certainly they can do it with moral credibility because of their status. And it is interesting. These people who visited this disaster upon us, this disaster that was this overreaction to COVID, 
definitely should be held accountable, Erskine, in some way. There's no question about it. I mean, this has been possibly the greatest blunder in all of American history, this reaction to COVID, if you want to call it a blunder. Because you look at what these people did, pursuing ridiculous courses of action, not just these gene therapy agents, the so-called vaccines, but visiting lockdowns upon us when we've known for a long time that not only do lockdowns not work to mitigate the spread of the disease, studies have shown that, but they're actually counterproductive. They cause more death and disease over the course of time. There was a study out of South Africa that indicated that the lockdown there would cause 20 time, 29 times as much death as the pandemic alone would. Sweden now, I understand too. that South Africa. Sweden yeah, never had may, a lockdown. Right. Yeah. It may not be the same ratio here, but the point is, is that people weren't seeking other treatments because we were locked down. They weren't seeking cancer evaluations, getting cancer treatments, heart evaluations. You have to understand there was greater suicide, drug use, alcohol abuse, so on and so forth, domestic abuse, child abuse, a whole host of things that I can't even think right now that were secondary effects of these lockdowns. So all of this we knew was folly. We knew that areas and countries, states that were not locked down were doing at least as well with COVID as the ones that were locked down. But yet these leaders, so-called leaders, have persisted with this ridiculous policy. And I think a big part of it, I've said this for a long time, Erskine, and I'm surprised that no one else points it out, is that they simply can't admit fault. They're too deep into this. Oh, fault. no, 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 no. I think it's yeah. worse than that. I think it's worse than I that. I do too, but I think it's part of it. Uh, yeah. Part of it is that uh, when they came in with the COVID, they brought in fear. Yeah. And fear right. led to uh, people not thinking. Fear led to loss of common sense. We'll be back. The Biden administration is quickly moving to implement the liberal fantasy of socialist spending. After spending a $2.1 trillion stimulus, the president and Democratic-led Congress have introduced another $3 trillion plan to add to our insurmountable debt, seeking to raise taxes on Americans making as little as 200000 a year. Have you seen the immigration footage? $87 million putting illegals in hotel rooms and our troops sleeping on parking garage floors. Could this be the biggest single gold-buying opportunity in history? Well, Wells Fargo and Goldman Sachs say this is the time to buy gold. Patriot Gold Group, where your IRA or 401k can be in physical gold and silver, and you may qualify for a no-fee-for-life IRA. Call 800-356-4470 for details. Patriot Gold Group, Consumer Affairs top-rated gold IRA dealer, five years running. Call 800-356-4470 today. They put people in fear, and they've lost common sense. That is what part of it was about. People were not thinking right. They're not thinking straight. They still aren't. Now, when you're looking at the situation, the shot has some major problems. They found, uh, what, 1,900 or 1,600 problems with it when they started releasing Pfizer's documentation that wasn't supposed to be released for 75 years. They're starting to release some of it, and the figures are not good at all. They're finding that it really compromises your immune system lots and lots of problems you've got the clots with them that are forming uh it's also uh 
having a lot of really bad situations with the myocarditis and children, they want to give them the shots and they, they don't get it. The receptor sites aren't formed. Nobody's telling you to stay away from ibuprofen. Nobody's telling you to stay away from certain heart medications, the ACE inhibitors that also form the receptor sites. But let's get back to the Nuremberg Code. Uh, you, consent is essential. Uh, the nature, the duration, the purpose of the experiment, they must disclose the side effects. None of that was done was it was itself, and none of that. No, it wasn't done at all. And you mentioned children. You mentioned the death caused by these gene therapy agents. I oh, mean, yes. And an, yeah, an analysis was done of the VAERS database. That's the Vaccine Adver- Adverse Event Reporting System. And it found that heart attacks are 71 times more likely with this so-called vaccine than they right. are after taking other vaccines. You mentioned children. It's criminal trying to give children these shots because Absolutely. they're basically not affected by this disease. The CDC itself, not that I think the CDC is a great authority, but they've been pushing this nonsense. They themselves admitted a long time ago in October 2020 that the survival rates for COVID are thus. If you're 0 to 19 years old, your survival rate is 99.997%. If you're 20 to 49, it's 99.98%. And if you're 50 to 69, that's supposed to be a high-risk group, right? Right. Your survival rate is still 99.5%. An analysis was done, another analysis. It found that if you give kids these shots, 117 kids will die from the jab for every child saved from COVID. Not only that, there was a study, Erskine, out of Germany. Now, Germany is a nation of about 83 million people, I believe. Right, right. And it analyzed 15 months of the pandemic and how many healthy kids in Germany during that period died of COVID 15 months, zero, zero. Right. If you have a healthy child, he will not die of COVID. If that is, well, you had a, you had a Supreme court judge. Sotomayor say a hundred thousand kids are in the hospital. I mean, this is the type of uh, absolute lies that we're hearing coming from the Supreme court. Nuremberg code. We'll go through the rest of these. Fruitful results for good of society. Uh, it, uh, it's, you have to assume that it can't be done by any other me- measure, which isn't the case. Uh, avoid unnecessary physical, mental suffering. Risk never to exceed the problem. Well, it certainly is heart attack. 71 times greater, greater than any previous vaccine. And terminate any stage if injury, disability, or death occurs. Now, that is the Nuremberg Code. It's violating every aspect of the Nuremberg Code, isn't it? Well, it certainly is. It certainly is. I mean, Dr. McCullough said a long time ago that these gene therapy agents, quote, mechanism of action is clearly poisonous. That's what he said. And he said, Erskine, that these drugs are far and away the most lethal toxic biologic agents ever injected into a human body in American history. Now, whether he's overstating the case or not, I don't know. But the point is, you have to be wary. You have to look before you leap. These are untested drugs. And understand something else. This is what's really most compelling, I think, to me. And this is mentioned in my article. There's an insurance executive. This was around late December. He was in some online conference. His name is Scott Davison. 
And remember, we don't know that he's political at all. He wasn't trying to make a political point, but he was talking about what's going on in the insurance industry, Erskine. And this relates to the deaths caused supposedly by the gene therapy agents. Here, we're going to a break. All right. (laughs) We'll talk about that when we return. Yeah. The Biden administration is quickly moving to implement the liberal fantasy of socialist spending. After spending a $2.1 trillion stimulus, the president and Democratic-led Congress have introduced another $3 trillion plan to add to our insurmountable debt, seeking to raise taxes on Americans making as little as 200000 a year. Have you seen the immigration footage? $87 million putting illegals in hotel rooms and our troops sleeping on parking garage floors. Could this be the biggest single gold-buying opportunity in history? Well, Wells Fargo and Goldman Sachs say this is the time to buy gold. Patriot Gold Group, where your IRA or 401k can be in physical gold and silver, and you may qualify for no-fee-for-life IRA. Call 800-356-4470 for details. Patriot Gold Group, Consumer Affairs top-rated gold IRA dealer, five years running. Call 800-356-4470 today. Johnson Johnson scientists. J and J made the third third shot. He had Moderna, Pfizer, and J and J. The scientists told Project Veritas people shouldn't take the company's vaccine. J and J executives stated emphatically, "Children do not need the shot." You think they are crazy, or do you think the guy knew what he was talking about? He developed it. He all know what he's talking about. The insurance of yeah. uh, what they had to do change actuarial tables. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's make clear that the reason why that came forth, that information, Erskine, was that these executives, drug company executives, were caught in a sting operation by Project Veritas. This was on a hidden video. They wouldn't say this publicly, knowingly, but behind the scenes, they admitted what the truth is. And before the break, I was talking about this insurance CEO, Scott Davison. He's the head of One America, which is based in Indianapolis, and he was in this online conference. Again, we don't know that he's political at all. He was not trying to make a political statement, but he was talking about how they're seeing a huge increase in deaths now in the insurance industry all across the country. Most of them are non-COVID deaths, and he said that this is so extreme that it's the equivalent of a one in 200 year catastrophe. It's wow. 40% above the norm. 40%. He said a one in 200 year catastrophe, I'm quoting him now, would be 10% increase over pre pandemic. So 40% is just unheard of, unquote. That's what he said. So you can put two and two together. What could be causing this tremendous increase in death? Now, I suppose, Erskine, if you want to be completely scientific about it, you have to say, well, we could theorize, but we don't really know. But if you want to evaluate it the way the man on the street would, I think you have to say, okay, well, these are non-COVID deaths mainly. What has changed in our society? Well, what's changed is that we're inoculating people with this untested drug or drugs, I should say. And by the way, all of this increased death was the third quarter of 2021, I believe, and that coincided with the time when they started administering these drugs. 
So I don't know. It looks very, very damning. And this tells you why these politicians have a vested interest in trying to keep this under wraps, because if the truth ever came out, can you imagine the number of careers that would be ruined? In fact, we have to wonder how many of these people would end up going to prison, because what they've done to the American people and the people of the world is just unconscionable. It is. It is. And if you tried to talk about it, then you they would ban you from Facebook. They'd ban you from Twitter and the other outlets. I've had it happen. They'll ban you. Yeah. They'll ban you from everything. Now, this is just uh, absolute. This is not the country we believe in where you don't have, at least let people discuss it and see and decide for themselves what to do. But we're not giving it. I have never have you ever seen such an all-out publicity blitz? Take the shot, take the jab, do this, do this, do this, do it now. You're unpatriotic if you don't. I've never seen such a – people were so scared. I saw people jogging in the fresh air with their dog with a mask on. They were looking to put masks on their dogs even. I mean, this is just <laughs> insanity. <laughs> no, I mean, Selwyn, it's insanity what's been going on. People have lost their minds, and this was part of it. When you're in fear – you don't think this is where they put the American public. Right, right. Well, yeah, the best is when you see those people driving all alone in vehicles with the windows oh, rolled up. Right, with, right. You know what I'm going to say? A mask on. And you're I just know. thinking, what is this person's understanding of science? I mean, this is downright medieval in terms of the ignorance of the microscopic world that's evidence there. You, I mean, you, don't, you don't have to understand science, Selwyn. Dr. Fauci told us that he is science. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's absolutely ridiculous. It really is. And, you know, there's that saying, Erskine, people go mad in herds, but they only come to their senses one at a time. And that really I, is the problem here. Uh, even in my area, I live in a very liberal area. You see so many people walking around in the fresh air with these ridiculous face diapers on. And Fauci himself admitted that many of these masks do no good anyway. That was in a February 5th email, I think, last year that was uncovered of his. In other yeah, words, behind did. the scenes, he's telling the truth. Yeah. Then he says, put on two, three, or four masks. Well, you know, you can put a plastic bag over your head. You won't be able to breathe, but uh, you'll be safe. I mean, it's insanity. Now, you wrote another article that I really enjoyed. Democrats kicking blacks to the curb more uh, uh, with systemic racist illegal immigration. This is really hurting the blacks in this country, isn't it? Making them harder to get jobs. Wages are lowering. Their values are decreasing. This is really not a good situation. This is a group that they thought was strongly Democrat. It isn't anymore. There are a lot more blacks uh, running in the Republican Party, I think, than the Democrat Party right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, we still have yet to see a huge shift where blacks are voting for Republicans in large numbers. However, some have moved into the Republican column. At least they did that with Trump. And there was a really interesting poll a while back that was shocking that showed that the GOP had 50 percent or more, I forget exactly, support among Hispanics, which is basically right. unprecedented. And if the blacks ever come back to the Republican Party, in a way they'll be coming home because black Americans did vote Republican in the 30s, 40s, even into the 50s. That only started changing in the 60s, and then quickly it reached a point where 90-plus percent of them every election were voting for Democrat candidates. And here we have a situation, and of course 
this is pretty common with humanity, where people are voting for their own demise. Because it's a very simple concept here, not hard to understand. It's supply and demand. If you increase the number of low-skilled workers in an economy, then their value within the market decreases. Now, this affects all people who are low-skilled, citizens who are, but it affects blacks inordinately because they tend to constitute an inordinate number of the low-skilled workers. Here are some statistics. I'm quoting someone now here. I guess I should say who it is, right? It is this Adrian Norman. He wrote this Newsweek piece. About six in ten adult black males have a high school diploma or less, and black men are disproportionately employed in the low-skilled labor market, where they are more likely to be in labor competition with immigrants, okay? And also, if you look at these illegal aliens and other immigrants, they're concentrated in the big cities. So are black Americans. So... They come into competition there. And the point is, is this hurts all Americans. It's absolutely disgusting. And we don't need more low-skilled workers in the United States. We already have an unemployment rate, a true unemployment rate that's quite high. You can't get people to do jobs because the government has been giving them so much free money. And not only that, here's something that's hardly ever mentioned. When you hear all these calls for more low-skilled workers, like what's her name, the former chancellor of Germany, Angela Merkel, she said this. She said, well, you know, we need these low-skilled workers. Well, every week or so, we hear about how robots are going to be supplanting more and more workers in the coming decades in particular, low-skilled workers. So, no, that's not what we need in the modern economy. And, of course, that's not the main reason we should eliminate illegal migration, but it certainly is one reason, and it does hurt black Americans. And if only more of them knew it, maybe they would stop voting for the very people who are stabbing them in the back with terrible policy. But as someone who I quoted pointed out in my article, and we all know it, Blacks, again, historically in modern times, have voted 90-plus percent for Democrats, and if they can count on your vote, then they don't have to worry about serving you, right? Because they can take your vote for granted. So what they're doing instead is they're trying, the Democrats, to import more voters. That is the idea. I've been warning about this for many, many years. Pat Buchanan has as well. Now, again, these statistics have changed just recently, but typically... These immigrant groups would come, these illegal aliens, from the third world, 85 to 90 percent of them. That's true of our legal immigrants as well. And historically, when they would be naturalized, about 70 to 90 percent of them would vote Democrat. And that's why the Democrats have been so keen on immigration and illegal migration. It's not because they're so compassionate. It's not because they love these people so much. It's because they believe it's a key to cementing permanent power. It's it's very interesting, Selwyn. They don't care about the immigrants coming from Cuba because those people understand socialism. They're not going to vote Democrat. So they are concerned that they come from other countries. They don't want them from Cuba because those people understand it. And the other point that you made was illegals are taking entry-level jobs. And there's nowhere for people... Uh, to take an entry-level job because they're being taken by the illegals, so you can't work your way up anymore. That's a terrible thing, isn't it? It is, it is. And, you know, as I pointed out in my article, this denies 
young black people and others an opportunity to get their feet wet, get into the job market, develop skills, develop a work ethic. These things are very, very important. And we have sayings that apply to this work ennobles men, busy hands are happy hands. So it's very, very right. important that people do something productive with their lives and not just hang out on a street corner. Work is not something that we should view as a trial. Work is actually a blessing. It's a blessing from God for the aforementioned reasons. So it's very important that you stop this influx of these low-skilled individuals. Like I said, we don't need this. And by the way, Everyone talks about, on the left, oh, living wage. You know, we need to raise the minimum wage. Well, guess what? If you want to increase the value of low-skilled workers within the context of the economy, what you do is you make them rarer commodities. That's what you do. If right. you flood this country with low-skilled workers, they're not going to be work worth very much. If you don't, if they're in higher demand, employers have to pay more. And that's the more conservative, more common-sense-oriented way of spreading the wealth around. Well, you've got a couple of other situations with black America. Uh, had a black physician on, and uh, in the interest of being honest, I'll tell you who it was. Her name's Marilyn Singleton out of Oakland, California. Mm. And Marilyn was talking about what's been going on. Uh, I said, the blacks, 40% of the blacks aren't taking the COVID shot. I think I know why. Mm. And Marilyn said, I think I do too. See, the, when they did the Tuskegee, syphilis experiment right they kept kept that going for years after they had a cure for syphilis and people were dying they don't trust the government martin luther king was a republican people forget that he told judge people by the character not the color of their skin we're looking at racism coming up and they don't care about equity they don't care about diversity or racism and you talk about this in your article Black's main concern is crime and violence, and they don't trust the government. They have never had a reason to trust the government. Government offers them another plantation, and this is not right. This is not what they want. Now, under Trump, I'm not saying Trump was the greatest going. Well, he was. But the fact of the matter is, <laughs> under, under Donald J. Trump, black entrepreneurship hit levels that we have never, never seen in this country before. That's all being destroyed now. Entrepreneurship in this country is being destroyed. You go down the street, you see a little shop, it's empty. That's somebody's dream that died. And this is exactly what's happening. A lot of black people were becoming entrepreneurs. They were trying to get part of the American capitalist system. Capitalism creates jobs. Uh, socialism just takes the wealth away. That's the main thing. Capitalism is about the individual socialism's about the collective i see individuals martin luther king saw individuals you see individuals not a collective and blacks appreciate that and know that and i think that this election they're going to change and turn they're tired of being lumped in together and they're tired of black lives matter mattering for some but not for others not mattering for uh mr evans the the guardsman in texas you didn't see uh, Kamala Harris at his funeral. You didn't see uh, Joe Biden. You didn't see Al Sharpton at his funeral. Saw him at uh, George Floyd's funeral. You didn't see him at uh, Evans' funeral. The man who jumped in and saved two people, two illegals coming across this country, 
later found out they were carrying drugs. He didn't ask what they were doing. He didn't ask who they were or anything else. He was a hero. That is somebody, that's a black life that should really matter. Yeah, well, <clears throat> absolutely. And you mentioned how black entrepreneurship is maybe not as great now. And remember no. something here. If you're a leftist, if you're in the Democrat Party and you rely on the votes of the poor and dependent on government, you don't want those people to become self-sufficient. No, you, you're yeah, a power you monger. To, you have to keep them under control. They have to be beholding to you for everything, right? Well, exactly, exactly. Remember, when people start businesses and they become successful and they have intact families, they you in don't general become right, more what we call conservative. Conservatives, right. they see all the money they have to pay to the government through their business. They don't like that. They become more likely to vote for people who believe in smaller governments. So if you're reliant upon the poor and, quote, downtrodden for your power, what do you want to do? What do you want to create more of? The poor and downtrodden. So these people, these leftists, do not have our best interests at heart. I've said this before, probably on your show, you have to remember that Many of the people in politics are power mongers. They're megalomaniacs. That's why they gravitate toward politics. And just like some people lust after food or money or sex, those are motivations we can all understand because we have them to some degree, just hopefully not to a disordered degree. These people lust after power in the same way, and that makes them dangerous. Absolutely. We'll be right back. The Biden administration is quickly moving to implement the liberal fantasy of socialist spending. After spending a $2.1 trillion stimulus, the president and Democratic-led Congress have introduced another $3 trillion plan to add to our insurmountable debt, seeking to raise taxes on Americans making as little as 200000 a year. Have you seen the immigration footage? $87 million putting illegals in hotel rooms and our troops sleeping on parking garage floors. Could this be the biggest single gold-buying opportunity in history? Well, Wells Fargo and Goldman Sachs say this is the time to buy gold. Patriot Gold Group, where your IRA or 401k can be in physical gold and silver, and you may qualify for no fee for life IRA. Call 800-356-4470 for details. Patriot Gold Group, Consumer Affairs top-rated gold IRA dealer, five years running. Call 800-356-4470 today. Delwyn Duke is one of the best writers. He is a true journalist. We don't have too many of those left. If you want a magazine that's full of true journalism, subscribe to The New American. It really is. These are people who are explaining what's going on. No frills, just telling you the truth. You want to know where the truth is? That's where it is. It's uh, there. It isn't on the mainstream news. You can't listen to Fox. You can't listen to MSNBC. And it was really uh, enjoyment to see that CNN fell apart. Nobody wants to pay for what they're not watching anyway. So what I want to ask you, what do you see happening? You've got you something, anything that you want to talk about. We've got about five minutes left, Selwyn. Okay. Well, you mentioned before the break, Erskine, how black Americans are more likely to distrust the government than other groups right. are. And I want to point out that in a way, that's a quintessentially American sentiment. The Founding Fathers, what did they espouse? Well, among other things, they were very, very leery of government power, weren't they? 
They didn't trust government. That's why they gave us the Constitution they did. They wanted to constrain government. So we shouldn't trust government too much. Yes, we should love our country, and we should work towards making it something that's lovable. And by that, I mean making it a moral land, a place that we can be proud of. We should love our country, but we shouldn't necessarily trust government too much. You want to be careful about that. I mean, I think here about this Hispanic father. His name escapes me right now, but he was speaking in Texas, I think in front of a government body, because his 16-year-old son died after taking a COVID shot. 16 years old. And he was in tears saying, my son was my best friend. And he said, quote, my government lied to me. That's what he said. And he found that out, that you shouldn't trust government too much the hard way. So, no, you can't trust it. You put your trust in God completely. As far as human beings go, well, it's on a case-by-case basis. And as I said before the break with (laughs) politicians, you have to be especially careful because many of them are people with personality disorders, like being megalomaniacs. They're not normal at all. (laughs) Remember Remember Ronald Reagan's words. The most dangerous words in the world, he said. I'm from the government. I'm here to help you. Now, that's, right. that's, that is probably one of the best things that I've ever heard. Ronald Reagan had a way of putting things just so succinct. But I'm from the government. I'm here to help you. That is an extremely dangerous thing to hear because they're never there to help you. They're there about, as you said, it's all about power, power and greed. That is their narcotic. That's their the what they trade in. And it means more than the money or anything else. And the money comes with the power. They want to have control over all of us, but most of us don't want it to be controlled. We're, we're, we're too individual. I believe this country will come back from that. Don't you? Yeah, well, I hope so. I'm probably not as optimistic as you are. But if we want freedom, we have to understand that a prerequisite for that is what? Virtue in the people, morality, as the Founding Fathers stressed. To quote right. Edmund Burke, the Anglo-Irish philosopher, he said, it is ordained in the constitution of things that men of intemperate minds cannot be free. Their passions forge their fetters. That's what he said. And wow. that is ever true. And we have to understand, if we won't step up to the plate and be virtuous people, we're going to lose our freedom, whether we like it or not. As the Roman emperor, Marcus Aurelius, put it, he said, stand erect or you'll be made to stand erect. Okay? Now, the problem is, is maybe he had good intentions there. Our governments don't always make us stand erect. They make us bend over and bow down to their particular brand of immorality, as we see today with the so-called transgender agenda and so many other things, and you're this branch right, Covidian ritual. You're bringing it right back to where we need, that this is yeah. demonic, what's going on right now. It's demonic. We've got to get back to God. God is our referees. God is our choice. We've got to get back to God. We've got to get back to the jail system. Uh, uh, so the first thing they did on COVID is shut down the churches. This is not a, not by accident that they did that. Right, and the liquor stores remained open, and the abortion, abortion clinics, right? clinics, right? Yeah, right. That tells you what their priorities are, doesn't it? Doesn't that it? That's you, very very telling. Showed you exactly what the priorities were, and they had people living in fear. And when they go in fear, they just scatter, and they don't make sense. And that's exactly where we are. And we have to get back to it. We've got to bring get back to Judeo-Christian 
belief system. They've done away with Judeo-Christian work ethic. We've seen that, haven't we, Selwyn? Well, absolutely, of course. And again, that plays into big government's hands, because when people are very lazy and they're dependent, then, of course, the government can control them, like we've said. And FDR said there's nothing to fear but fear itself. He wasn't really right about that. There are other things to fear, but we do have to fear fear, because it's used to control us. All aboard the Truth Express. You can listen on your favorite podcast app or local radio station. Patriot Gold Group, Consumer Affairs operated five years running for your IRA or 401k. Call 800-356-4470 today.